0: I'm Steve Shapiro, and this is Experience Matters. Welcome to Experience Matters, the podcast that explores the life-changing childhood experiences that go on to shape our adult identities. Sometimes we experience breakthrough learning in schools, but often our most profound learning happens outside the classroom, sometimes outside the school environment altogether. We'll explore these powerful learning experiences here and think about the implications for how we can reshape American schools education can take many forms, but whatever form it takes, experience matters. Today's episode will feature my son, Zachary Shapiro, talking about his experience doing a gap year through a program called Thinking Beyond Borders. The gap year is one of those kind of things that many students think about, but very few do. The thing that I love about the gap year, and I think that you're going to find in today's episode, is that it gets a student off of the track. We know that kids are just moving along. You go grade to grade, first grade, second grade, third grade, you graduate 12th grade and head on to college for 13th grade and keep the thing going into your first job. But kids who do a gap year actually get off that track. They separate themselves. And I think this is a really important uh, a really important distinction that a gap year offers. In the interview you're going to hear with Zach in just a moment, one of the things that I love is he talks about fear and about feeling uncomfortable and about part of what the gap year did was encouraged him to run towards those things that made him uncomfortable because that's where the learning and that's where the personal growth happens. And the gap year I think is a great opportunity for kids to grow in ways that following the traditional path doesn't give them the space or the distance. Some of the things that I think recur when I talk to people who do gap years or separate themselves is that they can actually hear their own voice for the first time because they moved outside of the educational institution and put themselves in a space where they were separate and apart and the, all the voices from their teachers and the voices from their parents and the voices from their peers about what you're supposed to do get pushed aside. And instead, you can hear your own voice about who you are and what you really want out of your life. So without further ado, let me take you to our interview with Zach Shapiro, talking about his gap year with Thinking Beyond Borders. One of the great joys of having your own podcast is you get to choose your own guests. And Who is a more exciting guest for me than my very own son, Zach Shapiro. Zach, welcome to Experience Matters.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm really thrilled to have you. I know that uh, there are many great experiences we could talk about, but today we're going to focus on your decision to do a gap year. And I know people talk about gap years and and it's one of those conversations and a gap year can mean a lot of different things, but uh, I'm really excited to hear about your experience and for you to share kind of what that meant for you as a part of your personal growth and development.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. I love I love reliving it.
0: So tell me about the kind of first ideation for you of this. When did you first think, I want to do a gap year?
1: Well, my older sister did a year in Peru while she was in high school, spent a year of high school, you know, living and learning there. And that was kind of one of the things that inspired me first to want to travel, to take. I had done some, you know, international camps through CISV, um, and had some opportunities with that, but I wanted a longer block of time to to be learning in another part of the world or learning through another culture. And so that's when I kind of started thinking about maybe using that gap year as a time to do that.
0: Now, your sister was an exchange student. Mm-hmm. You thought about that, but you chose not to be an exchange student.
1: Yeah, I did definitely think about it, but I, I liked some of the experiences that I was having at Bexley and... And, you know, otherwise, the education I was getting here for high school, and I didn't really want to miss a year of that. Um, and I kind of viewed the gap year as a, as a space where you can just fit an extra year in. It's like a bonus year. It was like a little Easter egg of time, I feel like, that I found.
0: That's a, that's a great way to look at it, a great way to think about it. So when you first decided, okay, I want to do a gap year, and I want to do something international or something uh, that's going to give me an exposure to other cultures— how did you come to the decision of what to do? That must have been a, a pretty daunting task.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely it was not it wasn't. Um, it was in that when you start thinking so conceptually about it, it's kind of scary. It wasn't in that. The program that I found, I just found through a Google search. I was interested. I started doing some Google searches, looked into some things, and I found... A program that seemed like a really good fit. Isn't
0: this just so 21st century? Uh, (laughs) Google search, you find Thinking Beyond Borders, you start reading about it and you're like, this sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Um, What about it attracted you?
1: What I really liked about it, what I felt differentiated it from other programs that I looked at was that there was a really big focus on education, which I knew I wanted. You know, I didn't just want the year to like, go and travel and have fun other places even though that was a a part of it but I also wanted to be like learning through the places that I was and thinking about borders had a homestay element so I was living with families from the places that I went to it had um, a seminar element so we were holding seminar spaces about you know what is international development sustainable agriculture education public health and then it had obviously the travel element so I got to spend two months in thailand guatemala and ghana each
0: so you're you're on this program for about seven months you're you're living in three different countries you're working in these three different areas you mentioned the sustainable agriculture education and public health how many kids were on the program what was the nature uh who, who led the program what was the nature of the experience like for you
1: yeah so it was a group of about 15 of us with three leaders and so we we we're all in homestays, but we were pretty much paired paired off for homestays. So there'd be two of us living in homestays on every day. Pretty much we would all see each other at some point. Um, we would have about three times a week, we would have seminars together where we would kind of debrief the experiences that we were having in our homestays and in our work placement, which was related to the subject areas that we were looking at in those so countries.
0: In Guatemala, you're studying sustainable agriculture. Yeah. What kind of work experience were you having?
1: A lot of uh, weeding strawberries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you were in the strawberry fields. I was in,
1: in the strawberry fields forever, it felt like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and so were you getting to, to talk with and learn from farmers while you were out there,
1: villagers? Yeah, yep. so we had a few times where we got to sit down and talk with the farmers. Um, and then obviously at all of our workplaces, we were with a farmer um, and working with them to you know, do what they needed from us.
0: And in Thailand, you were looking at education, so you were spending time in schools?
1: Yep, so we were split off into groups of four, and we were all assigned schools um, that we went to and helped out with English teachers there, whatever they needed, and um, the school I was at was really interesting, it was kind of like a a boarding school. It was a welfare school, so kind of like a boarding school, but for kids that can't afford school.
0: Sort of the opposite of how we think about boarding schools.
1: Yeah. and so a lot of it for us was getting to, like, explore the grounds and explore that system of school, which was really interesting.
0: So there I'm sure you're thinking not just about education, but about poverty and about responses to uh, to children who come from uh, difficult financial backgrounds.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And then on to... On to Africa. In in Africa, you were in Ghana Mm -hmm. and you were focused on public health. And it's funny because you were in Ghana thinking about public health before Americans knew that public health was a thing. (laughs) Now now everybody has their favorite public health trading cards. You know, who's your favorite public health figures back then? What did public health mean to you? and, And what was your kind of exposure in Ghana to public health?
1: It was really interesting. I mean, the public health facilities there are way different than anything here. I mean, here, when you think about public health, I think most people just think of like a hospital, a doctor, uh, like that. The, the, the
0: health department building. The, yeah, the county, right, yeah, right,
1: right. Um, and there, all of that looked really different. I mean, there's no air conditioning. First of all, it's like these like small buildings with like a few rooms with no air conditioning. Um, yeah, it was a super super different experience. Chickens running around, but um, it fit their needs differently than you know, it would fit our needs.
0: So in a lot of this was about providing uh, health care or ensuring public health in more rural areas and in villages where there may not be an infrastructure for doctors or hospitals. Yeah. So what kinds of things were you were you working on there? What what were the big public health concerns that you were helping address in
1: Ghana? By far the biggest push that they're making in Ghana right now is like pre and postnatal care. So it was nurses doing delivering babies. They would see women who are pregnant to make sure they were taking malaria medication so that the baby wasn't at risk for getting malaria. Um, they would, you know, check up on the women and the babies after delivery. And they did a lot of like family planning kind of stuff with the women birth control. A lot of that kind of stuff was what was the main focus there. So, you know,
0: as you talk about your experiences, one thing that really strikes me is, you know, you've lived your life in Bexley. You've had this Middle upper middle class world that you've lived in and experiences you've had, and now suddenly you're spending a couple months uh, in the strawberry fields of rural Guatemala, uh, in a in a welfare school with students in Thailand who are you know who are severely economically disadvantaged. You're in public health clinics where you're trying to provide prenatal and postnatal care to folks um, in Ghanaian villages. This had to be a kind of a big shock to the system. This had the whole experience must have been really challenging a lot about your worldview. Can you talk a little bit about how all these experiences really shook your assumptions about the world?
1: Yeah, I mean, it totally burst my my bubble, I'd say in a way, because not even just, you know, where I live, but everything that I see, like when I watch TV, it's mostly places that have similar infrastructure to what I'm used to here, or in the United States, you know, it's but going to those places where, life was so completely different in ways I've never really seen like represented on screens almost was was a shock
0: so your entire worldview not just your lived worldview but even your media and consumption worldview presented one single story of what the world is like and now here you are on thinking beyond borders seeing wow the whole world is really not like that yeah not in a conceptual way but in like a here I am with my hands in that world how did that affect you personally what, what do you think that did for your kind of general sense of who you are or what the world is?
1: I think that it gave me a lot of self-awareness because now, you know, I've been back for for over a year and certainly, you know, I've gotten reused to a lot of the things about the U.S. that I started questioning while I was away. But even still, I, I see things here knowing that this is just one way of life. This isn't the way everyone lives. This isn't the way every you know, person experiences the world at all. So it definitely has broadened my lens.
0: You know, it's funny people, I think a lot of times people use the word normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, that's not normal. This is normal. This is typical. And what they're really saying is, this is what I've only seen. This is what I'm used to. And now you've seen all these other things. And so as you live in the world that you grew up in, do you see the daily things that used to seem normal to you? differently or do you feel differently about things that you used to take for granted or think of as uh of course
1: definitely i mean people always talk about culture shock oh you're gonna get that, such bad culture shock and i definitely experienced you know culture shock going from one place to another throughout the trip but by far the worst experience with culture shock i had was coming coming back to the u.s because suddenly i'd been to all these other places and i i came back you know we spent a week at washington dc in the end so I came back to, like, downtown D.C., all these huge malls, this huge downtown, and it was like, whoa, what is going on here? Like, what is this? I mean, it was it was really a, a crazy experience.
0: Yeah. When you came back, and, and now you enrolled in The Ohio State University, you're a college freshman. One of the things that I wonder about is how did this affect your approach to college like you you went out and had these experiences you you expanded your worldview. you thought about how things were different most kids you go to high school and then you go to college and, and the path is really well worn your yeah college is kind of the next step after high school you're taking classes in high school and now you're taking more classes but slightly different in college you're living at home now you're living in a dorm but like mm-hmm. how did this how did this zigzag that you took off of the path change the way you experienced college when you got there
1: I think that I mean first of all I definitely contextualize education for me, you know. I I felt like I was going to college looking to learn not just for a grade or for a degree, but for a broader context of, you know, the world that I or a broader education that I could take with me and and look through when I was traveling or seeing the world.
0: Yeah. So tell me what what does that mean? What does that look like for you? Can you give me an example?
1: Yeah, I mean the I went in undecided, but this year I declared as a philosophy, politics and economics major. And for me that was something that I think totally was ended up being shaped by, you know, my time in thinking about borders because a lot of what we were studying, international development, it's all really tied in to, you know, those things like what is, you know, philosophically right and wrong, how politics and and government systems work and you know the economics which behind international trade or even if it's just intranational um all that stuff i i think is totally shaped by by my time on thinking about borders do you um do you find yourself
0: different from other students because you've had this experience do you do you notice yourself thinking about or uh responding to things maybe readings or discussions in uh, at the university different than other students who may not have had these kinds of experiences,
1: yeah, I mean, everyone's had a diverse you know set of experiences. Everyone comes from different places, so in that sense, people still have you know different perspectives from me for other reasons. but I definitely think that I view things more through an international lens, I'd say more than more than most people as you go through your life, are there people from
0: your gap year? people that you met along the way or stories that you heard from people in their lives along the way that come back to you, that revisit you. So maybe is there somebody, somebody who, who kind of, who walks with you in your life now?
1: Yeah. I mean, one person that I still think about a lot was um, the nurse at the clinic that I was at in Ghana. Harriet was her name. And something about her just really stuck with me because she lived alone in this kind of rural house in ghana right by the clinic and that was her whole life she lived alone there at the clinic and when you become a nurse in ghana you have a guaranteed position at the end of that degree but you don't have any say in where you go so she got randomly placed across the country from where she grew up and there are 18 you know different languages spoken in ghana and so she was placed in a different part of ghana where the people speak a different language. She's living alone at this clinic, her whole life is really devoted to that. And I I don't know, I think about that a lot still.
0: Wow, it sounds like a very courageous uh, person. I mean, what, you know, how did hearing what her story and how her life had taken a turn? Did it make you think about possibilities
1: for yourself that you hadn't considered? It's definitely one of those things that you're like, wow, I I don't think like, I, does anyone ever do something like that? Like, that's crazy. I would never do something like that. But then it's like, here's this person that did it. You know, people, people take big risks. People, when they feel like they have a calling, will, you know, do what they need to do to fulfill that calling. So it definitely, in that sense, like opened my eyes to that and that possibility.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I think is really powerful about international experience like what you have is that once you expose yourself to other ways of living, to other possibilities in life, all of a sudden you realize like, I don't have to walk on the same path. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's it's one of the beauties, but also one of the challenges of a community like Bexley is that there is a pretty clear path delineated. You go to yeah. school, you try to do well, you take some AP classes, you go to college, you get a degree, then you get a job, maybe in a bigger city. Then, I mean, it's kind of like a lot of kids are walking the same path. Yeah. And it seems like that's what you have to do. And one of the things that really strikes me about your gap year is it it, it showed you that there are a lot of different ways to walk in the world. And totally. uh, it's hard to show that to somebody when they're living in a kind of cloistered community where, where they're not seeing options.
1: And I think even more than that, I feel like now I look for the risks, you know, because that is where I feel like the growth opportunity is. And that's kind of cheesy. Like people always say that, that, oh, you grow when you're out of your comfort zone. But it's so true. Like when you do the things that are, When you just go one step after another, you know, this is what I'm going to do, then this, then this, there's still room for growth in that, but sometimes doing something that's so outside of the normal, something that you never necessarily expected yourself to do or that you couldn't anticipate exactly what it would be like, those are the things that really push you. So the, the taking
0: this chance and having this experience has kind of made you a little bit of an experience junkie. Now you're seeking out. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's a piece of adrenaline to it. Definitely. Almost. That's awesome. So
0: People a lot of times think a gap year. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to get off. A lot of parents are concerned about gap years. Mm-hmm. They might say, "Oh, if my kid goes on a gap year, maybe they won't come back to college." Or they're, I don't know, they're stepping off the track. I think it's a risk. You need to keep moving forward. What would you say to someone who who would say that?
1: You know, obviously it depends what what kind of gap year you want to do. If you can find the right thing for for your gap year, but if you have something that you're passionate about, I'd say. Definitely follow that in terms of going back to school. You know, it is a transition obviously but It is It's really doable. There's research that shows that people in college Generally do better if they've taken a gap year, you know, not worse So I think that's a myth and I feel like having that time to really explore something that you're passionate about or to be able to learn in a new lens is invaluable, you know in college and beyond
0: yeah. One of the things that I think might be, I don't know if it's a legitimate worry or not, but is the idea that if you go out and you you do some kind of gap year experience, the, the, the focus in a gap year is so experiential. You're out doing something. And the challenge is, can I come back to an academic setting where I'm not doing, I'm mostly sitting and listening or writing yeah. or researching as opposed to like participating in life. And I, do you think that that's, is there a risk there? Like, that you to to go out and live your life so fully in a gap year might make coming back and sitting in an academic setting more difficult.
1: Yeah. I mean, there were definitely times this year that I was like, oh, I don't want to be sitting here anymore. You know, this is not as as enriching or as meaningful as the experiences that I was having last year. But once you've gone out and you come back, sitting in a classroom, definitely the experiences that you've had shape the way that you're able to think about things in an academic space. And I also think that there, you know, I feel like being back, there is a piece of me that always wants to go and wants to, you know, have the experience, have look for something that's like more fun and more hands-on. But in a way, I like that there's that piece of me now, you know, sometimes it's, it's not convenient when you're sitting in a classroom, but I feel like having that instinct is really valuable.
0: Yeah. And I think it's one of the challenges that that calls to us as educators whether we're K12 educators or university educators is can we build more experience into the school experience so that it's not like you can either go out and have real experiences in the world or you can sit in a room completely divorced or disconnected yeah. from the world yeah i think a really thoughtful education program needs to say those two things have to go hand in hand yeah can we can we build powerful learning experiences into a K12 or a college education not just let those be something you can do in the summer or something separate. Yeah. Here, you just sit in a room.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, and and I, th- and I think there are great models of that. I think universities have expanded a lot of study abroad opportunities for kids. There's a lot more uh, college internship programs and and, uh, and the like set up. So I think we're moving in that direction, but I think we need to continue to look for ways to make public education more experiential so that those two things can live together or so that a kid doesn't have to take a gap year to have powerful experiences. Yeah, they can be built into the school experience. Definitely. Zach, any advice you'd give somebody's thinking about a gap year? I'm not sure. I feel a little uncertain. Uh, what would you tell them?
1: Trust your gut. If you feel in your gut that it's something you should do, or if you feel a little bit of fear when you think about it, that probably means that you should do it. That's that's my advice.
0: You you need to follow that fear. Chase yeah, the fear.
1: Chase the fear. Definitely. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, and and why would you tell them? Why is it important?
1: You know, with with that fear, with that vulnerability is. That's where the growth is, like I said before. I think that, you know, it's just an experience that can totally change your perspective. And if you have the opportunity to do that, I I think you should definitely take it.
0: Well, I will tell you, I was proud of you before you did the gap year, and you're an amazing kid, but watching who you've become as a result of the kind of experiences you had on thinking beyond borders and seeing not only the maturity but the empathy the sensitivity the awareness the the social consciousness that you have expanded through the program uh it just makes me a very proud father and so i i I really (laughs) thank you yeah you're welcome i'm really glad that you did that and i'm really proud of the man you've become as a result of it thanks well zach shapiro thank you so much for being a guest on experience matters it was really a pleasure talking to you about your gap year
1: yeah it was so much fun i'm honored to be your first guest
0: experience matters is recorded in bexley ohio in the shadow of downtown columbus our producer and sound engineer is ezra lewis a junior at bexley high school our killer theme music was written and performed by isaac Rowe, a bexley high school graduate and current music student at the ohio state university experience matters is supported by the bexley community foundation and the bexley public library my name is steve shapiro and you can look me up on twitter at Stephen T. Shapiro or on my website at StephenTShapiro.com. Here's a secret to life that I've shared with thousands of students and of course with my own children. There is no such thing as an interesting person. There are just people who do interesting things. You can be one of them. All you have to do is seek out and say yes to new experiences.